I've been here in Woodbridge for about a month now, and I feel like I'm finally starting to get my bearings. I know where all of the essential stores are. I know what roads to avoid during rush hour, which feels like it's all the time here. And I'm even starting to learn almost all of your names. To preach properly, you must know your people. I heard that over and over again in seminary, and it's so true. You've got to know your people before you can stand up and tell them what God is saying. And so over the last month, I've learned about a lot of you, and not just your names. I know what makes this church tick. I know who makes the best cookies and where they hide them in the kitchen. I know that a lot of our real meetings don't happen in the conference room. They happen out in the parking lot. And for a good number of you, I finally learned what drew you here in the first place. But for as much as I want to learn more about all of you, it's what I said my first Sunday, I'm I'm here to learn more about you so that we can learn about God together. For as much as I'm here to learn about you, I'm also here to learn about the people who are not yet here. And so to do so, I've gone out into our community to learn more about this place and more about the people who call this place home. I've gone to local businesses just to talk to managers about what it's like to be here in Woodbridge. I've struck up uh, conversations with complete strangers at restaurants, which in the Shenandoah Valley, you can do that all the time. Here, when you start talking to a stranger at a restaurant, they're terrified. (laughs) I am here to eat my meal. You are here to eat your meal. There is a wall that you do not cross. (laughs) And uh, my wife and I knew that in coming here, we had to go to one of those culturally relevant places in the entire community. Potomac Mills. (laughs) Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar, Potomac Mills is one of the largest retail malls in the country. It is huge. You can get lost there. Be careful. It is massive. It is capitalism at its finest. If you need anything, I promise you can find it at Potomac Mills. So a couple weeks ago, Lindsay, Elijah, and I decided we were going to go to the mall. So we put him in his car seat. We got the stroller ready. We drove over to the mall. We found the closest entrance, we put him in a stroller, and we started strolling him through. And now some of you are thinking, I wonder what they were getting. I wonder what of the seemingly tens of thousands of stores did they need to go to? And the truth is, we weren't going there to get anything. We just wanted to see what the mall was like. And now some of you think we're crazy. And we are. So we put Elijah in the stroller, and we pushed around. We did the whole loop at the mall, and it took forever. There were a lot of people there. When they were milling about in the middle, it felt like we were all fish swimming against the current. There were so many people and so many stores. And the thing that surprised me the most wasn't the number of people. It wasn't the number of stores. What surprised me the most was how quiet it was. I thought for a moment there must be something wrong with my hearing, or there was something strange about the acoustics of the mall because it was so quiet. But the longer we walked, and the more I observed what was happening, I realized it was quiet because everyone had their head down in their hands on their phones. There were families and friends walking through the mall and not speaking at all. Their best friend could have been right at their side, but what was far more important to them was that digital community in their hands. I found it so strange. 
that the thing that struck me the most, the thing that seemed so loud was the absence of sound. Because more important than even the stores or the people they were with, for the people at the mall that day, the most important thing they had was a screen they could keep in their pockets. And I can't help but wonder if that's what it was like during the time of Isaiah. This prophet trying to reach God's people, trying to interrupt their sensibilities, trying to distract them with a declaration. But those people, they were in Babylon. They were at their own Potomac Mills. They were far removed from home. They had other things to worry about. Even the people at the mall whose job is to interrupt you, you know the people at the kiosks in the middle, even they could have cared less about us. They were down on their phones just as much as the consumers were. And that's what Isaiah was like. Isaiah stood there while crowds of people wandered past him, and they could have cared less. Isaiah struggled to captivate their attention with enthusiasm, with excitement. Picture, if you can, in your mind, a woman or a man trying to do everything he or she can to convey the truth to a people who are far happier with a lie. Because that's Isaiah from our text today. Attention! If you're thirsty, come to the water. If you don't have any money, come and eat. Why do you keep spending your money on things that cannot bring you satisfaction? Listen to the Lord and you will live. God is making a covenant, a promise to love us even when we cannot love ourselves. God is glorifying you and me. Today, many, if not most of us, are so caught up with gadgets or this spider web of a false illusion of connection that we actually feel empty inside. Or we are spending so much money and our savings on products and commodities that never offer real satisfaction. Or we believe that so long as we get the right car or the right spouse or the right job, we will finally find that one last missing thing. But in the kingdom of God, the normal rules of commerce and capitalism, they do not apply. In fact, they've been completely overturned. Unlike just about everything else in this world, at God's table, we need not bring goods or money in order to get our space. Instead, water and bread and wine and food will be provided without cost. Whereas so many of us think that who we are and what we've earned and what we've saved defined us, God only cares about two things, if we're hungry and if we're thirsty. Unlike the rest of the world where many of us prefer to fellowship and worship and commune and eat with those who have the same income as us or the same skin tone as us, God's vision of the kingdom is completely and utterly different. As I said before, on Monday morning, we opened the doors to our vacation Bible school students. I foolishly stood at the front door wearing this, my Batman costume. It was foolish because I assumed that all of the other adults would be wearing their own superhero costumes. And I was all alone. But nevertheless, I stood at the door and I tried to learn the names of every child who came. So that throughout the week, I could talk to them about who they are, what they enjoy, what they hope to be when they get older. Every day, I had the privilege of sharing with them a story from the Bible, whether it was about King David with heart 
or Abigail with courage, or Jesus with wisdom, or the Beatitudes about hope, or Pentecost about power. And we had a great time. You could see their enthusiasm by dancing up here, especially Peyton. Where's Peyton? Peyton. Peyton was grooving up here. And you better believe she was doing that all week upstairs. There might be a hole in the rug from where she was telling her feet. But we had a great, great time. And on our last day, we were sitting together for a final meal at the tables upstairs. We were passing around ice cream sandwiches. And one of the girls came up to me, and she tapped me on my fake muscle. And she said, Pastor Taylor. I said, what is it? She said, I wish church was like this every single day. She said, I wish that church was like this every single day. I imagine that she enjoyed Vacation Bible School because it was fun and exciting, but I think there was more to it than just that. Because this week, the distraction of cell phones and the siren call of social media completely disappeared. Instead of a mall filled with adults staring into their screens, the children experienced a church full of adults who got down on their level to share with them the love of God. Instead of an experience where everyone looked the same and earned the same and sounded the same, the children experienced a church full of disciples who could not have been more different from one another. This week, our kids caught a glimpse of the kingdom of God made manifest on earth that few of us will ever get to experience. Because in God's kingdom, the place that Isaiah beckons the crowds to experience, invitations are made to all people, to the rich and the poor, the young and the old, the perfect and the broken. The beautiful wonder and joy and glory of this scripture that Pam read for us is that God welcomes all to the table. Always. I fear that during the time of Isaiah and during our time, so much of our time is wasted. It's wasted. We hear about the next new thing and we become obsessed even though we know that by the time it arrives, we'll have forgotten it and we'll be focusing on the next new thing. We ask ourselves questions that are predicated on maintaining the status quo and never imagining anything better than what we've got right now. And we go to things like Potomac Mills so that it might fill a hole we feel in our lives. But God offers us something different. God looks at the shallow nature of our lives. God knows our sins. God knows what we care about more than anything else. And instead of leaving us to our own devices, God offers a new way. God shares a new covenant. God promises to be with us in spite of us. God shows us a life that is based not on blessing the wealthy, but on protecting the poor. God offers us a covenant in which greed is shunned and humility is glorified. God promises us a way in which divisions are destroyed and community is congratulated. Isaiah pleaded with the people of God to open their eyes to the truth that no product or good or food will ever fill that hole in your life. He tried to show them a way in which they could all be together as one through God. 
Opening up our doors for a week of vacation Bible school is a very radical thing. Because we gave the children that came here food and education and the most important thing of all time for no other reason than the fact that God loves them and we should too. Compared to the priorities of the world, this place, this church was strange this week. Even gathering in a place like this for an hour a week is a radical thing. While the world is consumed by the next new thing, by a false community you can fit in your pocket, the church stands as a witness to the truth. We lift our hands in prayer. We bend our knees in submission because we know that what we believe shapes how we behave. And coming here to this feast, coming up for the Lord's Supper, it's a radical thing too. Because we can search day in and day out for a new thing to fill our lives. We can spend our time with people who look like us and sound like us. But here, at this meal, we will eat with people who are completely unlike us. Here, we will get to taste a little bit of heaven on earth. And we will receive that one thing that can truly satisfy. I feel like I am forever hearing about who's in and who's out. Whether it's here with our kids at Vacation Bible School, being made fun of for the sound of their voice, for the color of their skin, or you turn on the television and we're debating as a country who gets to come into our country, who gets health care in our country, who even gets to go to college in our country. Or if you're like me and you're obsessed with United Methodism, you can find out that we're debating about who should be part of the church and who should be able to wear a stole like this in worship on Sundays. Everything is always about who's in and who's out. But at the church, at this table, all are welcome. Always. All are welcome, always. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you will do, you are welcome here. Don't ever forget that. I offer this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.